up, culturalists? On today's episode, we're taking it up top to the NY to cover singer-songwriter and Murder, Inc. princess of R&B, Ashanti. She sold more than 15 million records worldwide, written some crazy hits, and been in a few movies. Today, we're ranking her label productions from worst to first. That's five LPs, not including Ashanti's Christmas projects, her compilation of remixes, collectibles by Ashanti, unreleased material on The Vault, or the legally entangled demo album Can't Stop. Okay, we'll put on the brakes there on what's not on the list. Give us a thumbs up if you like it, subscribe and share if you love it, and those super thanks are always on time. Now that's out of the way, let's get to it. Number five, Concrete Rose. Released in 2004, this was Ashanti's third album in three years. Technically her fourth with the 2003 Christmas album, taking its title from Tupac's pseudonym, The Rose That Grew From Concrete, Ashanti herself declared on the intro that Concrete Rose was her best album to date. While we obviously have a difference of opinion, that doesn't shape up to mean that this was a bad album. Debuting at number seven on Billboard, moving more than 250K in the first week, and her third platinum record in as many attempts. Ashanti was cooking. This album suffered from the unfortunate litigation around Murder, Inc. CEO Irv Gotti's alleged money laundering. It led parent company Def Jam to withhold funding for the music video to help support this record and its singles. First up for said singles was a Club Nouveau sampling song, Only You. Seven Aurelius and Irv Gotti handled production throughout the album, most marked here by Aurelius's rock style guitar riff. They also assisted Ashanti with the lyrics where she sings about her undying love for the current object of her desire. That tracks. This one did okay in the US, but better overseas, becoming her best performing solo single in the UK to that point, picking at 13 and two on the respective countries' charts. Only You also has a couple of remixes on the Collectibles compilation. One features Inc. alum Cadillac Ta, Young Merc, Ja Rule, and Black Child for obvious reasons, the other replacing Ta and Merc with Diplomats, Cameron, and Joel Santana. Only You also got the Hype Williams treatment twice over. Maybe those two music videos are another reason why Def Jam wasn't coming out of pocket for the follow-up single Don't Let Him. That song samples Raekwon's Heaven and Hell, which itself samples Could I Be Falling in Love by Seal Johnson. Def Jam was holding the purse strings so tight that Ashanti had to come out of her own pocket to get it out and directed the video herself. Even after all that, Don't Let Him still didn't try it at all in the US. Could be because fans wanted her to release Don't Leave Him Alone over the ballot, and we agree. Speaking of album cuts, Still Down featuring a young King of the South T.I. feels like the first non-Ink affiliated guest on the Ashanti album. You can correct us if we're wrong there. Label mates Lloyd, Ja Rule, and Seven Aurelius made guest appearances on Take Me Tonight, Turn It Up, and the aforementioned Don't Leave Me Alone respectively. Ja double backs on the Kells assisted wonderful remix to close the album. There are a couple of skits that more or less serve as intros to the next song. They are just quicker than your reflex to hit the skip button, so we don't mind them. But you can skip you, every little thing, and so hot. Concrete Rose is a solid at bat with sonic stretches from Ashanti. She might have just put too much sauce on it with the experimentation and the insufficient label support didn't help. Number four, Braveheart. Taking inspiration from the film of the same name starring Mel Gibson, Ashanti saw herself as a little guy facing off with the major labels. So with that in mind, she put together what she had and post Inc. Records, Ashanti formed her own label, Written Entertainment, with distribution from E1 Music. Since this record was first announced in 2011 and wasn't released until 2014, we're sure there were a good amount of blood, sweat, and tears poured into this one. Without the usual murder mob on music and lyrics, Shani enlisted new collaborators and contributors to help record 60 songs for the project that would finally be whittled down to a 13-song track list. The album opens with a monologue of Ashanti explaining where she's at in life and what has made her a brave heart, then slides into the title track. Elsie Hutton was a co-writer and co-producer on this one, with three more production and co-writing credits on Three Words, Scars, and I Got It featuring Rick Ross. DJ Clue has a pair including Early in the Morning featuring Future, we mean French Montana. Seriously, it's easy to get the two confused on this track. Where is French, by the way? Anyway, Early in the Morning is a first in the three song Sexy Swing, throupled with Three Words and Love Game featuring Mr. Birthday Sex himself, Jeremiah. A few more assists came from Schaefer Slater, 12 Keys, Zafir, and Annie and Sean has co-writing credit on Don't Tell Me No. We mentioned three of the four features already. The last one comes from Beanie Man on the record's outro. With so many new cooks in the kitchen, you're not getting vintage Ashanti, but the new sound created here still felt fluid and true to her. We know Shawnee special 
specializes in making music for when your spousal situation is not quite 100%. So check out Runaway, Scars, and Never Should Have. Definitely put a pin in nowhere for when you're trying to get your girl back too. Count and I Got It provide the urban fix, which unfortunately is also what dates them. Despite the constant delays, Ashanti was able to maintain anticipation for the new music with appearances and performances on various shows like Good Morning America and Jimmy Kimmel Live. So she was grinding day and night to finally deliver this one six years after her last full-length LP. She was rewarded with a top 10 debut on Billboard 200 and 28,000 units in the first week sales. Despite having a roster of many artists, The Ink only released about 50% of their solo albums. The three we're most familiar with being Ja Rule, Lloyd, and Ashanti, with one and done's from Christina Milian and Vanessa Carlton. So we missed out on albums like La Dolce Vida from Vita and Cadillac Taz Pop City Hustler, which are probably corrupted MP3s by now. Also on the shelf are debuts from Black Child, Ronnie Bump, and a collab album between Dio Cannon and Young Merc before Cannon was killed in 03. Which of these projects would you have been checking for back in the day? Comment below. Number three, The Declaration. The intro directly confronts the four-year hiatus with Shanti forecasting that she is about to show us the way she's grown since her last outing. She kicks it off with The Way That I Love, a passionate plea for reciprocity in the love department. It's officially credited as the album's lead single, following a couple of false starts in the form of the Shy Carter-produced Switch, which didn't even make the album's final track list. Switch was swapped for Hey Baby after the club featuring Mario Winans to be the single. But Hey Baby dipped into the same Prince well that Diddy had drained a year earlier when he sampled the Purple One's Erotic City for Dirty Money's last night. Resultantly, Hey Baby topped out at 87 on the hip-hop and R&B chart. The low-performing song became a bonus track for the international releases and was not even included in US editions at all. The Way That I Love is one of the strongest tracks production-wise, and she's singing strong as hell, too. For some, she sounded like she was yelling on the chorus. To others, she was giving voice to a visceral pain of a woman. It's followed by a more electro-sounding dance track, You're Gonna Miss. Same sonics apply for So Over You, which includes producer vocals from one of the most prolific producers in the last 30 years. Rodney Dark Child Jerkins. Do y'all think he gets overlooked in the super producer conversations? Anyway, Girlfriend is one of the most central songs in Ashanti's catalog and definitely one you want to add to a cater to you type playlist. Trust me. There's more where that came from with the Robin Thicke assisted Things You Make Me Do. And this was Pete Evolution of Robin Thicke and his falsetto. Good Good produced by Jermaine Dupri. So good they had to say it twice. This one was the record's second single and borrows from two greats, namely Elton John's Benny and the Jets and Michael Jackson's The Girl Is Mine. The video is cute too with a vintage treatment and cameo from future baby daddy Cornell. Haynes. Speaking of, Body On Me featuring Nelly and Akon served a dual purpose as it also appears in an alternate version on Nelly's Brass Knuckle project and was released as his second single. Mother is dedicated to her momager Tina Douglas and fits right next to that Boys to Men track from the Soul Food soundtrack. Likely because it was also co-written and produced by one Babyface Edmonds. Shine is a product of songwriter Diane Warren and her producer partner Peter Stengard and it sounds like a Christina Aguilera song I can't remember the name of but the kids choir towards the end was a nice touch. The album ends with a title track slash outro that once again proclaims that she's still here. Being that most of the songs didn't see the light of radio and didn't benefit from the accompanying exposure, the Declaration's album sales could not compete with her previous outing. It sold over its whole run less than Concrete Rose sold in its first week. However, this one has stronger deep cuts and lands her last LP with the ink in the middle of this list. Number two, Chapter Two. Ashanti's sophomore album did everything it needed to do to capitalize on her previous success. With two or three singles that had Ashanti securely in her songwriting bag, she continued the autobiographical and narrative nature of her work that connected her to fans worldwide. Rock With You, All Baby, and the Isaac Hayes sampling Rain On Me shot up the charts here and abroad. That third one, Break Up To Makeup Remix, featuring label mate Black Child is where things got dicey. There's a solo version on Chapter 2 that's serviceable, but it was later remixed for the Collectibles by Ashanti remix album and released as its lead single. It was her first single not to reach the Billboard Hot 100. Thanks, Irv. But since it's technically not a Chapter 2 release, we'll leave it alone. And thankfully so, the result was a domestic and international smash. Chapter 2 debuted at number 1 in the US, selling roughly 326,000 units here and was top 10 in Canada, Switzerland,
England and the UK. It was proof that Chris and Irv Gotti's murder machine was clicking on all cylinders. Ashanti also made a point to prove to those detractors saying she was getting more favor for being Gotti's girl than for her vocal abilities that she was the real deal. There are often moments on the album where she engaged in unnecessary vocal gymnastics on full tracks and interludes alike. Whether you think she was successful or Gotti gave the green light, the Academy subsequently nominated her for Best R&B Song and Best Female R&B Vocal Performance for Rock With You and Rain On Me respectively. So even though we have a love-hate relationship with the Recording Academy, we'll rock with this decision. Gotti took full advantage of the opportunity to leverage Chapter 2 as a vehicle to promote the label's other artists, including Chink Santana, who also serves as Irv's co-producer. Santana appears on sort of a second album intro where after a mashup of tracks that are now Ashanti's hits on track one, Chink talks all over track two. Same for the album's outro. The beat is nice though. We get a real performance out of Chink on the Isley Brothers infused Then You Gone, which is as depressing as it sounds, especially when it's followed by a song called Living My Life. Irv finds his way onto a lot of song intros too, and still manages to wedge Black Child as a demo camouflage as a skit to get the rapper in front of more ears. We feel those extraneous appearances weigh down the project, mainly because they offer next to no replay value on an Ashanti project. What you can check back for are I Found Lovin' and The Story of Two for various retro vibes, and I Don't Mind are good too. Ashanti may not have been completely in the driver's seat, but she had a hand on the steering wheel. She was able to successfully avoid any potholes or pitfalls associated with a sophomore effort and add a platinum plaque to her collectibles. Number one, Ashanti. Ashanti's debut was a long time coming. She was discovered at 14 by Bad Boy executives, but the precarious development contract didn't last long. She later inked a deal with Jive in 1994, but efforts to push Shani into pop pushed her back to school. Epic came a few years later in 98, but when the people that signed you don't stick around, you get stuck on the back burner. So Shani hit the clubs performing around New York City until she caught the eyes and ears of Herb Gotti, former Def Jam exec who after contributing to the success of acts like DMX and Jay-Z, was granted an imprint other than legendary label. Gotti signed an initial slate of talent including flagship rapper Ja Rule in 1998, his first female signee Vita, and some others in 2000. Ashanti came in with Charlie Baltimore and signed with Murder Inc. in 2001. But instead of getting started on her album, Irv had her pinning hooks and making guest appearances on songs with Big Pun, Ja Rule, and Fat Joe. What's Love and Always On Time were two of the biggest songs of 02 and gave Ashanti the distinction of being the first female artist to hold down a top two position on the Hot 100. Do you know which one was on top? Finally, in February 02, Ashanti released Foolish. If you remember, you couldn't go anywhere without hearing the song or its DeBarge Stay With Me sample. That's because from April to June that year, it held the number one spot on the Billboard Hot 100, her highest charting single as a lead artist. With that, she became the second artist after the Beatles to have their first three chart entries in the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100 simultaneously. It was pretty big in the UK, Australia, Canada, Germany, and Japan too. Shout out to our international theories. Fans connected with Ashanti's refreshing vulnerability and willingness to lay her heart on the line. They were also here for an empowered Ashanti on the remix Unfoolish, replete with new lyrics affirming that she was no longer tolerating the BS. We also get a posthumous appearance from the Notorious B.I.G., inserting a verse from his Fucking You Tonight. Now that she was Unfoolish, another top 10 hit. Shank Santana and Irv chose the Gap Man's outstanding to sample here. They brought in Charlie Baltimore to do the remix, which was put on another Murder, Inc. remix compilation album. Baby peaked at 15. This time, Seven Aurelius joined Chink and Irv on the boards. Seven co-produced a good number of tracks on this record, in fact. They picked Mary Jane from Scarface to add some sauce to this one. They also got the Ghetto Boy on the remix, and yes, if they're not up already, those lists are coming. Irv wanted to promote Ashanti as a princess of R&B, while giving her hard beats to sing over, to entice men along with the assumed inherent female fan base. Ashanti has a knack for writing about relationships as they are, ups and downs, being cheated on, thinking about cheating, being so in love that you think there's a spell on you, even knowing when to say goodbye for the last time. And these themes have given life to her two decades 
decades long career. As would come to be customary, the skits on the album feature the voices of Irv Gotti, Ashanti's sister Shia, and Little Kids on Dreams, another DeBarge borrowing track, which is not a skit, but we thought we'd mention it here. Other than that, Irv truly showed restraint in using Ja Rule sparingly. He's only on the album cut Leaving Always On Time Part 2. The album is a full on Ashanti effort, culminating in the track that shows off her vocals the most, and the only one she has soul writing and producing credit on called Thank You. We'll wrap with a few numbers. Ashanti sold more than 505,000 copies in the first week, eventually was certified triple platinum, and earned her three Grammy Award nominations, including one for Best Contemporary R&B Album. And that'll do it for the list today. Did we get it right? Let us know in the comments below. Like, share, and subscribe so you don't miss the list. I'm QB. I'll see you next time.